And there were shepherds living out in the fields, fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shined, Lord shined around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. Shout good news. That will cause great joy for all the people. And then verse 16. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured, shout treasured, of all these things and pondered, shout pondered, them in her heart. Say amen. Please be seated. God, we are always dependent upon you to work miracles as we listen and experience your word together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, we're in the second week of a series that we've entitled Living a Life of Joy. The big ideal today is that we can live lives of greater joy, not perfect joy, but greater joy if we live in ways where we are aware of God's love and power that surrounds us. It's a part of what Paul means when he says in Ephesians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Now, uh, last week I told you that in America we essentially have two different Christmases. Uh, Christmas is for Christians uh, one of our greatest holy days. And uh, it is anchored and focused on the birth of Jesus. And so for the purpose of the day, I just want to refer to that as sacred Christmas. Everybody say sacred Christmas. Sacred. But also in America, Christmas is a civic holiday. And uh, it is not focused on the person of Jesus. It's focused on the themes that come out of that first Christmas, like lights and Love expressed through the gathering of family and the giving of gifts, etc. Uh, and I just want to refer to that as, this, as civic Christmas. Everybody say civic Christmas. Now, the reason why it's important to make these distinctions because we experience both of these Christmases at the same time. But it's important to make these distinctions because they, they have two different messages that they invite us to entertain. The civic Christmas in this season sends a message that says, speed up your life. Whereas the sacred Christmas sends a message that says, slow down. The civic Christmas during this time of the year sends a message that says, uh, that invites us into the hustle and bustle of the season. The sacred script, uh, uh, Christmas uh, sends a message that says, no, stop and wait. On the Christian calendar, we refer to the season as Advent, a time of waiting. The civic Christmas sends a message that says, hurry up, you've got to overtake the sales in the malls. You've got to get there before everybody else get there and get to the, or you've got to get online and get all your orders in before everything is gone. You've got to, you've got to overtake. But the sacred Christmas sends a message that says no. Slow down. Stop. Wait. 
and be overtaken. See, when you read the Christmas stories, and I hope that you're reading as I challenge you to do over the course of the next several weeks, the first couple of chapters in Matthew, the first couple of chapters in Luke, chapter 1 in John, and you, you'll keep up with what I'm teaching here. Uh, all of the Christmas stories remind us that in the first Christmas, nobody was doing Christmas. Christmas overtook them. It, 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 it broke onto the scene of their lives. And in, in most of those instances, whether it was Mary uh, being surprised by the angel or whether it's Joseph uh, experiencing a revelation while he was sleeping in a dream or whether it is the shepherds who during the daytime in this text were nomadic and so they moved from place to place with their flocks. But, but in this text, it is night, they have come to a standstill, uh, uh, they have slowed down, they have stopped, and it's in that moment that Christmas overtakes them, breaks into their lives, the grace of God. Now, I make this distinction because civic Christmas, unintentionally, and I mean the word unintentionally, makes for us false promises about happiness and joy. I told you last week that 70% of the American population, when asked, are you happy, responds, no. What that means is that there are people who are extremely wealthy, but not happy. There are people who have the perfect physical Attraction attributes. That when he walks in, the women lose their breath. Their, their breath. When she walks in, he gets excited. You know, you're the right size. Your hair is the right length. But you're not happy. What that means is that there are folk with power and influence who are not happy. Uh, and... And, and so, but the, there's the notion for many of us that if, you know, if I could just make a little bit more money, I'd be happy. If I could just lose 10 more pounds, I'd be happy. If I was dating him and not this one, <laughs> I really would be happy. I brought along with me one of my favorite commercials out of Civic Christmas that reinforces this point uh, in a really powerful way. Show the video. Come on, wake up! Come on, why are you sleeping? Come on! What time is it? It's go time! Come, Come on, on, let's go, let's go, let's go! I feel like I went to bed an hour ago. I'll make the cocoa. Get a great offer on the car of your grown-up dreams at the Mercedes-Benz winter event. It's the look on their faces that makes it all worthwhile. But hurry, these offers end soon. You see the point? Right? The parents are like, you know, the, the commercial is playing into this. If you just had a Mercedes, you would be happy. Right? Oh my goodness, we have a Mercedes. Oh, that's wonderful. 
many of us know people who are driving Mercedes and Benzes. But they're not happy. Commercial offers a false promise. But sacred Christmas, and Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. He's saying that even though Americans pursue happiness more than any other folk in the world, he's saying happiness, joy, ultimately, doesn't come from what you acquire. Actually, Scripture teaches us in that original Christmas night that, that joy is a byproduct. You don't even have to go looking for joy. It's a byproduct of three things. Number one, seeing the wonder, the awe, the awesomeness in life all around you. Number two, hearing some good news, even in the middle of regular ongoing bad news cycles. Some good news about your life. That joy is a bunny product of experiencing and recognizing how God's grace is at work in the details of your life. That's what Paul means when he says rejoice in the Lord. There's something to do with seeing the wonder and hearing the good news and experiencing grace. Now, uh, uh, last week, we had a Christmas party for our staff. I had an opportunity to uh, go over, and our director of children's and youth ministry, co-director, Ashley Drury, had her nine-month baby, Solomon, with her. So I picked up Solomon, and we were playing, and, and, and of course, Ashley, you know, her and Steve and their team, uh, they work hard every day. Uh, can we celebrate them? That's beautiful. Let's celebrate them They're trying to reverse the statistic that says that 75% of kids who graduate from high school actually leave the church and leave their faith. We're trying to turn that statistic upside down. And, and part of how we do that is work hard to create a space for young people in the life of this church. That's why these young people are up here helping to lead worship using their gifts. And again, let's celebrate them. They're doing a wonderful job. Because if they know they have a place in the life of the church, they also know they have a place in God's purpose. So anyway, I had, I had Solomon, right? And then Ashley uh, just shared with me, she said, you should have seen him last night. I said, what? She said that her and Will were wrapping presents and, and Solomon started playing with the wrapping paper. And she said he was just so overjoyed playing with the wrapping paper and, 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 and she said her and Will said we better enjoy this while it lasts because <laughs> there was no gift in the wrapping paper right there was no box with a key to Mercedes in the wrapping paper uh, it was just wrapping paper y'all but why how is it that that this nine months was having such joy it wasn't a toy was wrapping paper. You know why? Because for that nine-month-old, when he engaged that wrapping paper, he saw the wonder. 
It was the brightness of the paper, right? It was, it was, it, 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 it was the, 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 the attractiveness of the paper, the shininess of the paper that triggered his imagination, that, that triggered his curiosity, that, that made him go, wow. And, and as he engaged with that wrapping paper, uh, he was experiencing, he didn't have, he doesn't have words for this, right? But his experience, they said that as he was playing with the wrapping paper, the giggles just started on the inside and just spilled out, this giggling and just having all this fun. And, 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 and he doesn't have words for this, but what he was experiencing as he played with the wrapping paper and his parents were surrounding him and laughing with him and sharing with him, what, what he was experiencing was the good news that says, I'm loved. And he was in the middle of engaging grace. He didn't have words for this. All he knows is that he's playing with the wrapping paper, tearing it up, tearing it up. And as he's tearing it up, his parents are giving him more wrapping paper. Because they figured out, we can keep him entertained with the wrapping paper, everything's going to be good, right? So they're just giving him more wrapping paper. And he's tearing it up, and he's getting more, and he's getting more. And he's just having a ball in the midst of grace. Every one of us was once like Solomon. As kids, we see wonder everywhere. The problem becomes as we grow up and the hurts of life and the heartbreaks, we become cynical and hard and our lives pick up pace. So we're running 100 miles per hour. We're always on the move. And because we're always on the move and we're a bit cynical about life, all we catch are the broken experiences of life that register with us and we completely miss the many blessings of God. Right? But that's not what the text is. The reverse, right? This text tells us that the shepherds had slowed down. And that the wonder of God broke into their reality. This incredible experience where the angel showed up and they said the glory of God shone around them. It was this incredible wonder that broke into their consciousness while they were slowed down. The second point here then is, everybody say slow down. In the middle of high activity, tell somebody, pay attention. This is a season for the, 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 the Jewish people for hundreds of years have been told, take a posture of waiting. The Messiah is going to come. They didn't know how he's going to come, but he's going to come. Uh, and, 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 and the miracle overtook them. And in every case, they were slowed down they were slowed down let me illustrate a few weeks ago we had a video here and we the we we shared the story of one of the members of this community invited one of her colleagues to come worship here she invited her more than about three times now, the colleague didn't understand that when the member of this community was reaching out to her, inviting her, that was the grace of God reaching out to her. 
About the third time, she responded. That's what happens when the grace of God comes towards us. We always have a choice to respond or not. She responded and said she would come. She tells her own story that when she came in here and the worship was going on and the music was playing and the lyrics on the screen and the teaching and the love of the community, she says she encountered an energy. This is how she described it. She says there was an energy in here that she had never felt before. And it filled her, and, and there was this love that just filled her soul. And she said tears that started flowing from her. Well, that sounds like she was having a shepherd experience, right? I mean, I would imagine that's what, just think, if you were in a place and an and, and, and angel shattered your reality and the light of God shined around you, you could imagine the, the holiness. That's why the text says they were terrified. It wasn't only that I'm scared that I'm going to die. It was also in the language of Marvin Gaye, what's going on here? Uh, on the language of Mary, how can these things be? It is so incredible, I wouldn't believe it, but I'm seeing it. The beauty, the wonder, the mystery of God. And it has invaded my reality. And I would suspect they would say there was an energy around them. And I would suspect they were saying there was love that filled them. And, and, and they went from being terrified to rejoicing. But the rejoicing came because they heard the good news. We have good news that will cause great joy. That the Savior, the Lord, the Messiah is born. He came to you. You didn't find him. He's in your neighborhood. Shout grace. 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 He's in the details of your life. He's looking for you. Here's what I also suspect. The lady who was here, and by the way, she came back the next Sunday, and the next Sunday, and then she got an invitation to join the choir, and she joined the choir, and on Christmas, she'll be singing in the choir. Isn't that amazing? But on the same Sunday that she showed up, where she felt that energy, and that love, as she was singing and worshiping, see, she was paying attention. She was listening to the lyrics. And the lyrics were talking about the majesty and the power and the grace of God, the dependability of God, the faithfulness of God. And it was triggering in her mind. She was remembering times of God's grace and stuff that she had missed. And she was making a connection. The Holy Spirit was at work, right? Because she was paying attention. But I bet you there were some others probably sitting on the same pew, standing right by Sangaroon. They were involved in the same worship experience, but they didn't feel the energy. They didn't feel the love, you know, because in the high activity of the music, they were thinking, did I leave a pot on the stove? Did I? They were thinking, you know, if this service, if this service gets over or gather just on time, I can squeeze another three hours of work. They were thinking, are the Warriors playing tonight or tomorrow? Right, because, because, because our mind has, if we're not paying attention, our minds just scatter all over the place. And, 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 and the problem is that you can come in here and stand right by that lady whose life was being transformed. And you can be on the same pew and totally miss the wonder 
Now, here's the point. If I can see God in here, it'll teach me to see God out there. Because I don't live in here. I live out there. And, 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 and if I learn how to see him in here, I can see him out there. And that will make all of the difference when it comes to knowing that his power and his love is for me. And that raises my level of joy. Give an example. Several weeks ago, I was in Boston. I was in an airport in Boston. And it was crowded. It was raining in San Francisco. So the flights had backed up by several hours. I was scheduled to preach here on that Sunday. It was a Saturday night. I was scheduled to preach here Sunday morning. And God knew I had just sat at the bedside of one of my dear friends who was, who was dying. I had just preached the funeral of a beloved former member who had died. And here I am in this crowded, hot people sitting on the floor. And God knew that my heart needed to be tended to. God knew that my soul needed to be tended to. So he dropped the salt in my mind. I thought, you know, I was going to be about, about halfway to plane. And it was crazy. I knew it was going to be a crowded plane. There were people sitting all on the floor. And I'm thinking, I got to prepare because I've been preaching all day. I got to prepare while I fly. And I'm going to be squinched up and it's going to be hot. So I went to the front and I asked, do you have a front, do you have a, a first class ticket available in his seats? He looked and he said, we got one. I said, how much is it? And he told me. And, and I took a big swallow. <laughs> and I, I said, well, oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to sit down. But then, but then I started thinking that you guys expected me to be at my best on Sunday. I really needed some space. And I had to work while I fly. I was going to probably land around 2 in the morning. And I just said, I just got to bite the bullet. So I went back up there and said, I'll take it. He said, okay. So he looked. He said, oh, it's gone. Watch it. But I heard something in my spirit say, pay attention. I said, check again. So he checked again. He said, oh, wait a moment. He said, I know what happened. See, my flight was late, but several other flights were late. So this particular flight that had just come on cue, which had been delayed for two hours, the seat was on that flight, which was an earlier flight than mine's. Y'all ain't listening to me. <laughs> and so he said, That's, here it is. He said, do you want it? I said, yes, sir. And so he said, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> And, 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 and he, he said, okay, we've put you in the seat. We put you on the plane, and you're now in the seat. He said, let me just pull up the, we get your credit card out. I said, yes, sir. And he went, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> And I watched his face. When his face changed, I knew something was happening. <laughs> Tell somebody, pay attention. <laughs> so he said to me, he said to me, for some reason, he said, this has never happened. 
He says, the computer will not allow me to charge you. So I said, I said, I, he said, I, he said, I, he said, he said, but wait. He said, I got my friend. He called his friend. He, he told his friend what happened. And I could tell from the friends. I said, oh, no worries. I'll take care of it. And I can just imagine the friend went. Tut, 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 tut. <laughs> and then the response back was the friend essentially said, the computer won't let me charge him either. <laughs> Come on now. So he said, he said to me, he said, this is strange. He said, you go sit down over there because they lining up people. He said, I got to call the central office. And I didn't worry about him calling the central office because by now I didn't figure out what's going on. Somebody higher than the central office. Come on now. Y'all ain't listening. And so I went and sit down. But I already know what's going to happen. So he told me, and then, you know, the first class people go first. And so they got lined up. He told me, he said, come back. He said, come here, sir. I went over there. He said, sir, he said, this is your lucky day. Oh. <laughs> he, he said, you're in the seat. Here's your boarding pass. We weren't able to charge you. <laughs> so you're going to get the ride first class free. I didn't want him to get away with luck. Because this was not luck. Come on now. This was a God who understood that my soul needed nurture. This was a God who understood that I needed a little love. Come on now. So I said, I said, I thank God for blessing me. You see, now, now, now if there was some of the rest of us, we would have just seen it as luck and got on the flight and totally missed the wonder. All right. So it's, it's seeing the wonder that the wonderful things that God is doing around you. Now, I hear some of you. Some of you are saying, but you're not inside my life. I, I haven't seen any wonder since I can remember. And I certainly don't haven't heard any good news. All right. Let me. This is not different than the shepherds who are marginalized and criminals mixed in and and this little, you know, Mary was a 15-year-old who, who, who was by now had, had was married and pregnant and folk going to talk about her. So that's why teenagers, you, 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 you're ripe to see God do great things through you and, and all that. Well, let me tell you, this is in the text. Well, yesterday, um, my uh, mother-in-law took my daughter uh, uh, up to Hillsborough to a deal and they left the lights on and the battery went down I got a call that we had to send triple A but Rhonda had to take my car to go because you have to have the card there when triple A show up so that meant I had to take an Uber to work it was fine I got in the Uber it's raining and I expected, because it's going to be a fairly long drive, I'm just going to get some work done. So I get in the Uber, this young lady picked me up, I get in the back seat, and she starts talking. And I, 
I don't want her to talk. I, I, I just want her to drive. But she just kept talking. And, and you know, there's a certain way that you can listen to people to signal them, stop talking. So, so I started that. But then, and then the, the, the Holy Spirit said, pay attention. And, and I said, I don't want to pay attention. <laughs> it's raining and I'm trying to get ahead. I got to preach tomorrow. And I, and she, pay attention. Something. Pay attention. So with, with a degree of, of frustration, pay attention. Engage a little bit. And she just kept talking. She kept talking and she told me about how ultimately her husband had cheated on her. And she kept talking. She told me about her 13-year-old daughter found her husband cheating in the act. She kept talking. Told me about how the, the 13-year-old was so messed up that she started acting out and got kicked out of school several times. She kept talking. She told me about how Coach realized that the 13-year-old had a gift for wrestling and got her into a program. And ever since then, the 13-year-old has been a different person. And about 10 minutes from my office, she decides to ask, and what do you do? <laughs> and, and, and all of a sudden, I saw the wonder of God. Come on now. She didn't ask for a pastor. Come on. She didn't send for a pastor, but God knew she needed a pastor. And so he placed him in the back seat and told the pastor, pay attention. So when she heard I was a pastor, she got excited. And I wanted to say, but keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> I, said, let me, I said, let me translate what I just heard. I said, your husband left you and broke your heart. But the God who created you has never left you. And he loves you. He's in the situation with you. By the way, isn't that the definition of Christmas? Christmas. Christ in the mess with us. That's Christmas. Right? And, and, and I said, he's there. And I said, let me prove it to you. She hadn't heard any good news, y'all. She didn't think there was any good news in her life. But it was. She just had to slow down to listen. And I said, I said, you see the coach who recognized what was going on in your daughter? And got her in the right program. And now she's a different person. I said that was the grace of God. Working through the coach. To help bless your daughter. Because he knew. The daughter needed him. And he, you needed him. That was God. And for the first time. She heard good news. That she had been carrying around all the time. But hadn't recognized it. And she got excited. But I was able to keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> It's raining. <laughs> Come on now. And so when we got up pulling up to the, to the, to the office, as, as we were moving in the last few minutes, I said to her, I said, now here's what I, I want to encourage you to do. I said, I want you to, to start praying. She said, I already pray. I've been praying, but I didn't know that God was listening. I said, oh, sure. I said, oh, sure, absolutely. I said, but here's what I want you to pray. I want you to pray that God will start directing your steps so that it will line up with his purpose for your life. 
she said, and then I said, I want you to listen because he will start whispering, watch this, in your ear about what to do and what not to do. She said, it's amazing that you still did it. She said, he just did that a couple of days ago. And I'm like, watch the road. But she said, she said, she said, no. She said, I went to sleep and I woke up and I heard something say, go look out the window. And I didn't want to do it, but I heard it say, go look out the window. And I got up and begrudgingly and went and looked out the window. And she said, I saw the most beautiful sunrise that I had ever seen in my life. She said, I took a picture of it and put it on Facebook and told people that God told me to get up. And he showed me the sunrise. I said, let me translate. I said, your ex-husband gave you a ring and then broke your heart. But God, who created you and loved you, said this morning, I'm going to give you a sunrise to let you know how much I love you. And I'm not going to break your heart. I'm blessing you. Come on now. And she pulled in and tears come down. And she was shocked to discover that she had been carrying good news all along. How many of you are missing the good news moments in your life because you're moving so fast all right let me summarize and finish it here so if i say slow down in the midst of high activity start paying attention if i say stop all right create space to be overtaken see in that car that woman was overtaken by the grace of God, Amen. the good news of God, the wonder of God. You've got to create space. How do you do it? You got to slow down. You got to stop. Now, I know there's some people here who say, I would like to, but I just got so much I got to do. And if I don't get it done, you know, the world is going to fall apart. <laughs> let me let you in a little secret. Fool around and die. <laughs> and watch all those things that you think that you've got to get done if the world is going to fall. Watch those things work themselves out. You've got to stop and slow down. Turn off the TV for a few hours during the season. Start reading the Christmas stories and start asking God, show me what I'm missing in my life. Put out a tablet and say, God, show me how you've been loving me and I've missed it. Show me your grace and start writing as he brings things to your mind. Let the family go shopping. You stay home. I'm talking about ways you create space. You know, on your job, take a real lunch break. Go for a walk. Come on now. Take an apple and a banana, a little juice. Come on. Go out and find a tree. Sit down somewhere and say, God, show me what I'm missing. Take out your phone and, 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 and dictate what he's saying. Tell somebody, stop. All right. I'm learning this. I don't know how to do this perfectly. I'm learning. I'm telling you what he's teaching me. And here's three ways that he's taught me. Watch this. And it's in the text. Number one, he's saying, he's teaching me how to observe what I'm seeing. A lot of us see, but we don't observe. To observe is to pay attention, is to, is to take reflect. Listen, here it is in the text. When the shepherds went to where Jesus, Mary was, and they started sharing everything that happened that brought them there and what they had been told, and they were so excited. The text says, uh, verse 19, the voice translates this way, she pondered. That meant that she, she started to 
she, she, she started to ask, how can these things be? And she was remembering, you know, how the angel showed up to her and said, you're going to get pregnant and it's going to be of God. And then she suddenly became pregnant and, and she didn't fully understand. Now she's giving birth to this Christ child. And, and now the angels are coming and she's just, she's pondering. She's reflecting. She's thinking. You see, you don't have to stop thinking to be a believer. God wants you to think, right? And, 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 and a lot of us look at the people in the Bible and they say, well, they weren't as smart as we are. But you missed the point. Listen, our culture trains us not to believe in the supernatural. Their culture, if you were Jewish in that day, you were trained not to believe that God would ever show up in humanity as a human being. He would put his hand on humanity, his anointing would fall, but God wouldn't be human. That would be desecration. And yet it happened. So she was pondering. She was observing what she was seeing. And you know what? She was stationary. She was sitting. There's a lot of noise was going on around her. But she created silence in her. She started observing, reflecting. And secondly, God is teaching me, savor the experience. We see it in the text. He said, and, he, and she treasured all these events in her heart. I told somebody that God has given me 21 birthday gifts for my birthday. 21 separate encounters of his grace. 21 separate encounters of his wonder. And, and, and I carry them and I'm, I, I treasure them. And when I'm feeling low and when I'm feeling uh, misunderstood, I, I, I tap into, I, I pull up one of the treasures. Y'all, I pull up one of the treasures and start reflecting. I'm reminded, no, I'm in the middle of God's love. And that God's power is for me. And that God is for me. And it nurtures my heart. It nurtures my soul. And I find a sense of joy. Okay, everybody say, savor, savor, savor. Now, listen, listen. A lot of Christians feel like you can't save. You can't enjoy anything. You just, the, 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 the more narrow you are, uh, the, 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 more, the more, you know, the just, just don't enjoy nothing. <laughs> That's antithetical to the biblical text. God said, when he finished making the world, he said, and it is good. You can't find all your joy in it, but if, some, if you get a plane ticket, enjoy it. <laughs> all, right. All, right. all right. Okay, here's the point. I like steak. I'll finish it here. I'm not savoring the experience. I like steak. I took a pastor friend to lunch. We had steak. We had a big business meeting. I was so engrossed in the meeting that I discovered at the end I had eaten the steak, but I couldn't remember it. $40 gone. And I couldn't remember. All right. Juxtaposed to another experience, I took my wife to have steak. We sat down. I'm paying attention. She's engaging. See, the word savor means, in its French rootage, it's the same thing as flavor. It's the same thing as seasoning. It's the same thing as taste. It, it suggests that you become so embroiled in the experience that you're almost one with the experience, uh, that, 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 that the flavor, the, the taste, the seasoning, that, that you, you, you're distinguishing the different kinds of experiences, that, that, that you're inside of it, you're, you're savoring it. And I found myself with Rhonda having dinner that night and as she was talking and I was, I was enraptured by the brilliance of her mind 
And I was engaging in her words. Come on now. And, and, and then I looked at the beauty that she lit up the place with. And then I realized I was with her. Come on now. And, and, and so I started telling her. And then she just laughed and said, you know, she, she, she thought I was just going back to my old days of Mac Daddy. But, 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 but I wasn't trying to Mac Daddy. I was just trying to be honest about what I was experiencing. Come on now. Because I realized that she could have been uh, who, who, a good guy with, with Brad Pitt, but she was with me. Come on now. She, she could have been with Denzel Washington. No, she was with me, y'all. <laughs> so I eat a piece of my steak and I was experiencing it and then I was engaging with her and an hour later when it was all over y'all ain't listening I was full not just of food but of the experience you see if you take the word enjoy it, the anatomy of the word suggests I have to digest it oh, God. okay let me finish here's my last point all right Slow down, stop, create space, create some silence, turn off the TV, pay attention so that you can start observing what you see, savoring what you experience. Come on now. And then share what you're discovering. Those shepherds, they couldn't keep it. It would have been good enough for some to have had the angel experience, found the child and keep it, but they couldn't. Because you can't fully enjoy it till you share it. That's another level of enjoying. A lot of y'all got spouses, and when you look at your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you think, wow, she's cute, he's really nice, he's really smart. And you just assume they know that. You never tell them. You can't fully enjoy the experience till you tell them. You got kids that are doing wonderful. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're back in, you know, they're getting A's, they're getting B's, they're trying to jump through all these hoops for you. And deep down inside, you're proud. But, but, but you just assume they know you're proud. But you, you haven't told them. But when you tell them, you enter into the enjoyment of it. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and so you've got to tell others what you're discovering. And that's what they did. They went back to their... They're the campgrounds sharing with everybody what I discovered that the Savior is in my neighborhood. He knows my name. He's loving me and he's got power for me. When you start living like that, it changes how you live and it raises the level of happiness in the details of your living. Give God a hand praise, thank you. That's how to live life with joy. Look at your card, pull out your card, you're listening by video. There are some next steps. It's a list of them, you ought to think them through. Do I need to check one of these? But under the response to the message, this is the big deal. I, I want you to consider writing this commitment. I will try to slow down and I'll try to stop and wait. What that means is that before you leave, you should figure out how you're going to do it. Uh, when you get home, figure out how you're going to do it. How are you going to open up some space to wait, not just once, but a few times between now and Christmas. And in that waiting, you'll ask God, show me what I'm missing. You'll engage with his word and say, show me your love and your power. Remind me, show me that you're with me. 
you listen for that whisper or for him to show up. And when you see the wonder, observe what you're seeing, savor the experience, and share with others what you're discovering. Yeah.